0: Here we are a very special kill your gods podcast not only are we wrapping up the philosophers slash the sorcerer slash the ventriloquist stone harry potter's first book, but we're actually doing the movie and we're doing a rare I think this might be the first in person podcast really I've done this well actually no no. I did one in person with Rusty during quarantine, but I told her, oh, we'll do it outside. And then we didn't. Shame. That's okay. I'm all vaccinated since. My guest is Rob Cruz, comedian and musician extraordinaire. He was just showing me some sick uh, guitar sweet picking arpeggios outside on my front porch. It was pretty gnarly. We were licking Licking it. we were licking it up to the delight of, I think I heard one of my neighbors give like a, yeah, that's all I need. Damn, I wish I could have heard him. One I'm actually hard of hearing. Really? Yeah. Uh, well, dude, uh, especially my left ear, this was just always like this is where the crash symbol was next to me during practice. And it just always fucked me up. Man. Okay. I'm realizing I need to fuss with this real quick. Who yeah. says it's unprofessional to do any of this there, this way? So, yeah, we're, t- oh, well, tell us uh, anything you're going on, where we can find you on social media, all that stuff. Yeah,
1: just follow me at uh, Rob Cruz Comedy on Instagram. That's where you can uh, check my shows and stuff like that. Um, got a show September 9th. Um, the name of the venue is fleeting right now, but uh, September 26th, I'm going to be in the Big Apple with uh, Jay Simpson and Mark Norman. So check that out and do a podcast every Monday at the Raven Lounge called Do Rag and the Deer Tag, which is a
0: good time. So check that out. Follow me for the deets. And that New York one is at a Broadway comedy club, if I'm correct. Yes. Awesome. Very cool. So yeah, you are, uh, you're a Harry Potter fan, but you haven't read any of the books. Yeah. That's Uh, interesting. There's got to be a lot of you out there. What? There's got to be a lot of you out there. I just don't think I've met many.
1: I, I think the way reading was brought into my life was it was like presented as a chore so I need to like shake that out of me because I, I think I would enjoy reading but I think there's that conditioning in my head that I there every time I read a book I, I feel like it's something I have to do but I got
0: introduced to Harry Potter through the movie okay well how did how did that become a chore how was that introduced to you in life I'm curious um, school but it,
1: in reality it's a good thing but my mom would like make me uh like sit down and like read a chapter of a book, like, every day, like, during, like, school week. Like, that wasn't even, like, a part of school. Okay. And, uh, yeah, and then she would be like, so what was it? To, like, quiz me on it. (laughs) So.
0: Nothing stuck with you enough. I was like, this is really cool. Thanks, Mom. Or was it always just like, you know, Mrs. Havisham fucked pip over, just like you're fucking me over, Mom.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it it was all, like, uh, classics, Mm -hmm. which I respect the classics, but it wasn't tickling my little kid fancy you know I got weird
0: shit yeah yeah I got it well I always read I read like goosebumps and Animorphs when I was a little kid Mm -hmm. and then I got into Kurt Vonnegut which was just so like mind-blowing life philosophy like just just the kind it's almost like God is patting you on the shoulder and giving you advice and God's like a weird old hippie guy whose mom killed herself that's really influenced him pretty much and around what age did you get into that uh I think like 13 Okay. I got that. You got to keep in mind, there's a, like people who go to school for English majors who uh, have always loved reading literature as their life. And then after school finishes, they will not read a book of their own volition for like 10 years because school sucked all the fun out of it. Right. Like that's a very common complaint about people who go to school for English and literature. That makes sense. Yeah.
1: It, it kind of happened to me with music when I was doing music full time. Mm-hmm. I couldn't like listen to it in the car. Like I would listen to podcasts and like comedy stuff. Mm -hmm. And now it's kind of switched where I feel like I have a hobby now.
0: Ooh. Okay. Yeah, dude. When when I, uh, so you know what happened? I, when I got an iPod, this is back in the day, it's like 2012, 13. I had like a really cool 160 gig iPod with like every piece of music ever recorded on it that I've ever heard. Uh, it got swiped by a heroin addict friend at a new year's party, which, uh, In retrospect, I should have known better, but that's what they do. And from that, I I still don't have a smartphone yet. I started listening to NPR because I I should also be mentioned, I was working as a delivery driver at the time. So I was in my car a lot uh, listening to shit. And from NPR, that's kind of what got me into podcasts because like a lot of their shows are in podcast format. They're like talk shows, long form interview. Um, I love, we were talking about variety shows earlier. I love Prairie Home Companion. And then that guy got fucking railroaded because he was like pinching heinies backstage and he whatnot. Pinching heinies? He was pinching heinies. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Suppose, dude, it's a weird one. Just because uh, out of all those me Too's, the two, the two biggest ones where it sounds like they got railroaded were both Minnesota guys. It was Al Franken, and oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, this guy, fuck, what's his name? It's something with a G. It'll, it'll Garrison Keeler. But yeah, he had Prairie Home Companion. Garrison Feeler. Ah, a little too much. Buzzing. But you read like the accusations. He like, oh, he like gave a a coworker a back rub that she was very uncomfortable with. Okay. But uh, it's also very sad how it happened. So like he had already stepped down from the show and they'd added a new like host. But then like, okay, well, we want to disassociate with this guy so he's no longer a creator. We're going to change the name of the show. And then it lasted like another six months. This is a 40-year-old fucking radio show. And it's just like dead in eight weeks just because everybody... Uh. But it was really cool because it would have like sketches and they'd have like, you know... I think you were going to describe the massage. But, so you know, in he, reality, it's actually pretty cool. Yeah. Just, he
1: gets something to do with his hands. So he he works way
0: in. They do, he does a thing with his thumb. That's called, that, that, that's called the Minnesota Scramble. You don't see that coming <laughs> yeah. there. Whew, Prince Prince wasn't allowed in certain states from the Minnesota Scramble. Let me tell you that. Yeah, I I love that show so much, but it was very like podcast oriented. And then once I finally got a smartphone, it was like, oh, I just don't listen to music anymore. Yeah. And I feel kind of bad about it, but uh, it's back at like a 50, 50 now, particularly with like work. I realized my brain works different with certain things. Like if I'm just doing busy, like mechanical work, like click this, copy, paste, et cetera, then it's podcasts all day. But if I need to actually be creative, I'm listening to like music. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Anyway, we've gotten off topic, but that's that's okay because that's the my favorite part of the show. Yeah. So, how did you yeah. discover Harry Potter? Then, obviously, you found it in the movies. I also know you're like a bit younger than me. You're I'm twenty eight. You're twenty eight. So, two thousand one, the first movie comes out. How old are you?
1: I think I was like eleven. So it actually kind of worked out perfectly because I think they're eleven. Oh, oh you were
0: you were eleven for nine eleven. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Harry Potter was eleven too. Right? Everything's coming up eleven. Yeah. Towers are coming down.
1: I think that's why I like the movies so much too, because like I, I did feel like I like grew up with it, mm-hmm. and now as an adult, I, I go through all of them. I think like when I'm in a more stressful time in my life, because I think there's something that's comforting to them mm-hmm. that it kind of like speaks to some sort of struggle. It is very biblical. Yes. uh, in like the archetypes and stuff like that, but it's Mm -hmm. like a completely other world that I don't attach myself too much to it. Like it still feels like an escape, but it still feels relatable. Mm -hmm. Where actually like yesterday, I was watching Curb Your Enthusiasm, my girlfriend, and that show was making me super anxious because it felt very much like, I don't know, like personal, like almost like too personal. Like I related to just like the, the very awkward shit. And then we, we turn on a Fantastic piece, uh, which isn't exactly Harry Potter, the same thing. But
0: then I got that like it's it's in the same feeling. universe, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's really cool. Sorry, I fucked myself up. Um, All good. Yeah, I, I know what you mean about being in like that different uh, that different world. Um, you mentioned Broadway Comedy Club. You know, I have a, a travel phobia that actually prevented me from doing a show there. But to get over a lot of that bullshit, I've actually been watching a lot of Lord of the Rings Mm -hmm. because, you know, hobbits are like they don't they don't like travel. And there's even like I have had that thought in my head that uh, Samwise has when they're going on the trek with the ring where they reach a point and he just stops. He says, like, if I take a step from here, it'll be the furthest away from home I've ever been. Like, that's bullshit anxiety brain Samwise. I know exactly what that's like. Yeah. So. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit how many times I've thought of Frodo's to get me over my weird travel uh, it. hobbits. So, so you're like just the right age. You're 11 years old. Um, is this, oh God, so you're kind of at the ground floor for like Potter mania. Um, yes. You know what? Let me get into some of the details here because sure. I, I did some notes just on the production of the movie, mm-hmm. which was pretty interesting. Uh, the budget was $105 million and it made a billion dollars. That's a lot of magic. And of course, this is the first of eight movies. So, yes. like, they're making more than like small countries' annual GDP. Um, the producer wasn't looking to capitalize on Potter Mania, as that wasn't really a thing. We think of like the books and the movies now, but if anything, like the books were good. The books had their fans, but it was really like the movies that made the books like as huge. Because once the movie came out, everybody's about it. It's like they're only, they were only like, four books into the series I think then three or four Mm -hmm. so yeah so that's really what started the Potter mania thing how was that for you were you like were you coming to an age where like everybody was into this this was like your generations thing yeah I I remember
1: it being pretty big like Mm -hmm. I I remember a lot of the kids my age were reading the books and yeah like, like I said I just wasn't into the reading part but I just loved watching the movies I, I like seeing it. I don't know.
0: Right. I I I get that. There's there's definitely a fun to uh. There's definitely a fun to seeing the characters come to life on the screen, but I can also just see like, no, I just want to see that. Like, I don't.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I really don't care about the rest of it.
1: I think now I want to go back because there's so many details, like mm-hmm. cool shit that yeah. I feel like I would like to know, like certain like spells
0: and. Like maybe like some side characters that got cut out and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. There's a few in here. We can get into that. Uh, so yeah, they only sold. So yeah, they weren't looking for Harry Potter specifically this producer for Warner Brothers. They just wanted a kid's franchise. In fact, they also, they almost went with a children's book called like the ogre downstairs or something. So hmm. It's an alternate universe where the ogre downstairs made like 90 bajillion dollars, <laughs> apparently. Interesting. Uh Sold the film rights for, insane for how much money, sold the film rights for $1 million. A caveat that J.K. Rowling had was that the cast had to be British and Irish, which is weird thinking that, like, without that caveat, like, oh, yeah, you could easily, they, I could see them trying to make this in America yes. and, like, put Hogwarts in, like, Hawaii or some shit. Yeah, like a Zoe 101 spinoff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Harry Potter meets iCarly this week on Nickelodeon.
1: Yeah, that they overly make it about like cute boys and like <laughs> I don't know, just like
0: personal. Yeah, fucking up
1: shit. Well, I, they, I think they, they want con- they a they want a person. contest
0: for Justin Bieber to perform at Hogwarts. Yeah. God. Um. Oh, I actually had a note here. Yeah, maybe uh, imagine uh, Miley Cyrus as Hermione, and then eight years later, <laughs> fingering herself on stage with a wand. Cute <laughs> <Shoot, laughs> boy. <laughs> Uh, the only exception was for French and European actors who would be needed later for Goblet of Fire. This may be, it's funny because there's been a thing the last 20 years where like so many actors in American films are all British. And I'm wondering if this is the start of that, where I know they're like trained specific, they're trained in such a way that they're just better than us. It's, it's kind of racist and how we're just like, yeah, the Brits are just better at acting than all of us. But uh,
1: I'm curious if there was a response to that because like maybe she saw that all like the british actors were going to america and then like america Mm. media and stuff like that was
0: getting all the credit for all this homegrown british talent true Uh, the only the only one i can think of who was an english actor playing mostly american roles around this time was probably christian bale okay i thought christian bale was just straight up american and then i saw an interview he was doing for like uh what was it the prestige you ever see that movie No. Nah. it's fucking great it's about it's about dueling magicians and fucking thomas edison and t- nikola tesla are there interesting yeah, it, david bowie plays nikola tesla in that movie <laughs> it's, it's great check it out um but uh yeah he was the first british guy to really think of um rowling was hesitant to sell as she had to hand over the film's rights for the characters meaning that warner brothers if they wanted to could have kept making harry potter movies not written by her oh, okay yeah if they really w- i'm sure they like re it at some point uh steven spielberg was negotiating to direct before dropping off he wanted it to be animated with Haley joel osmond doing the voice of harry Ugh. yeah that doesn't sound good uh he said the entire concept was a slam dunk and that whoever helmed the first film was going to make a billion dollars he ended up directing AI instead, also starring Haley Joel. The world had a boner for Haley Joel Osment at this time. Was he the one? He was Sixth Sense. Oh, okay. Yeah. She's Dead People. Uh, my favorite film of the time. He did the movie Pay It Forward where he gets, he's still a little kid, but somebody stabbed him to death. I didn't see that. Spoiler.
1: Uh, he had an act for finding good kid actors. I saw that, uh, that audition for that kid in E.T. Yeah. Where he got emotional. Mm-hmm. I was like, this is unbelievable. Yeah, How can you just
0: channel that that young? It's, I, I don't trust kids that can act that well that young. Like there's something Scary. a little wrong. But there, there's a tinge of like put on a smiley face when dad comes home or it will hit mommy. Like yeah. that kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, when it came to directors, J.K. Rowling's first choice mm-hmm. was Terry fucking Gilliam. You know who Terry Gilliam is? Yeah. He was an original member of Monty Python he directed Brazil and 12 Monkeys and Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. Like, But he has like a weird, very surreal kind of style. Um, if you've ever seen the movie Baron Munchausen, he can pull up kind of kid stuff. It ended up going to Christopher Columbus, director of Home Alone and Mrs. Doubtfire, less famous for the uh, film adaptation of the musical Rent and more famous for slaughtering the Native Americans and being a hero to confuse Italians everywhere. <laughs> Do you get the I don't care if it is your birth name where do you get the balls to go like hi I'm a director I'm Christopher Columbus that, that's a big thing yeah balls balls that's what I think <laughs> they actually changed child labor laws in the UK to entice them to shoot the movie there they made it so that kids could uh film longer which makes sense I mean this movie is like there are children on scene for all of it
1: yeah and those contracts are probably crazy I wonder how many movies in advance the kids had to Agree to when they
0: were first signing on oh we'll get to that um real quick as far as locations uh yeah they wanted to shoot in the uk they shot it all at a scottish castle at least all like the hogwarts scenes a uk cathedral uh they really wanted to use they turned it down because they found the subject matter too pagan Mm. fucking fucking christian there's a
1: lot of like religion controversy where they were like burning Harry Potter books and stuff like that.
0: Oh yeah. I mentioned on a different podcast. There is a documentary made by Nancy Pelosi's daughter called uh, friends of God, where it's like an evangelical camp for like kids under 10. And there's like this big fat lady giving us the, by the way, Harry Potter fat people are evil. So I'm just, I'm sticking to that. Uh, but there's this fat lady who's like preaching fire and brimstone and out of nowhere in this clip, she was like, and Harry Potter was a wizard. He would have been burned in the, whole, in the Old Testament. Hmm? Actually, you know what? Let me see if I can find that clip because, my God, it's pretty... Wait, maybe it was called Jesus Camp. Here we go. I'm going to crank this up and I'll put the scene in mm-hmm. later.
1: Oh. Let me say something about Harry Potter. You You say and Harry would
0: have been to death. what a cunt. Muggles get a muggle, dude. Muggles got a muggle, <laughs> fucking mudblood. <laughs> She's uh, got, she's got, that, 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 let's just say she's a bit on the Dursley side. Like she oh, knows. Yeah. Yeah. I was when not when exaggerating I, that.
1: But when I was watching, um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, mm-hmm. that was interesting because they went to America and did it. And instead of saying Muggles, they call them no magges. no mages. Yeah.
0: That's a little on the nose, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't that just mean no-magics or? Yeah. Huh. Okay. Or non-magic or something. And, uh, it was
1: interesting because like the British wizard came through and they're like, do you know anything about like the uh, like United States, like wizardry or whatever? And he's like, well, I know you guys have some backward laws about uh, muggles and uh, <laughs> wizards like mingling. I was like, that's interesting.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, can, can muggles? Uh, well, okay, we know in like regular time, like, you know, you can do whatever. But like, uh, can, I wonder if there were times when like muggles and non-muggles could not marry. Probably like we had, to, we had to keep those people out. Well, that was kind of the, the whole thing of Harry Potter where
1: it was kind of holocaust where he's like, you know, we only want purebloods to yeah. uh, have the, the control. And that was Voldemort's kind of whole thing. It's like we, we want the, the magic folk to take over. And, you know, they would use like mudblood like the N-word. Like if you were like yes, half magic, they, half not. And they're like, fuck all those people. We want them purees."
0: Yeah, it is a little... Do they try to take it back? Like, you know, what's up, my muggle? <laughs> yeah. God, I'm dancing with fire on this. Sorry, I can't figure out which account I put up these... Uh, I, I made a playlist of clips. and now I'm not having any fucking luck finding them. Yes, I understand. All my passwords are invalidated. I don't care. <laughs> I'm chilling, baby. That's right. You chill. You chill. Fuck. Make
1: sure I'm getting um. Yeah, but th- there is like so many parallels to the biblical shit, you know, the-, the good versus evil. You know, Harry was the boy who lived. He was supposed to die, yes. but he didn't. Then ultimately makes this like
0: sacrifice. Very. And... It's funny because in the book uh, Dune that I'm also reading, it's also very much the same thing of like a character finds Well, they use that a lot. It's called like the hero's journey, like uh, somebody who's a nobody finds out they're actually somebody like basically your magic Jesus. Star Wars, Luke Skywalker finds out that he's, you know, the force Jesus meant to bring order to the force. There's always a prophecy of some kind. Yes. Although, oh, you know, I guess Harry Potter wasn't exactly prophesied. Like everybody was kind of, you know, we don't know what the fuck happened, but he killed Voldemort. I don't. Towards we the don't end, get actually,
1: it. they did say there was a prophecy.
0: Oh, really? Or like this was supposed to happen? Yeah. Well, I missed it that. Crazy. Um, oh, because the titles are different for different markets. They had to reshoot every scene mentioning the Philosopher's slash Sorcerer's slash Ventriloquist Stone. uh, Wait, what, what country was ventriloquist? Because I know the UK. Nobody. I've just been saying that. As a oh, okay. okay. I was yeah, like, oh, shit. Thailand. Thailand, they, they, they still consider ventriloquism the highest form of magic. They, <laughs> they also think pro wrestling is real. <laughs> That's okay. Because I think pro wrestling is real. It's still real to me, goddammit.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, all additional dialogue not in the book was approved by J.K. Rowling. Uh, what was? Uh, any additional that di- This book okay. is said okay. to be like, this movie is said to be the most what's the fuck faithful to the book where like almost all the dialogue is straight from it. Anything that wasn't, they got approval through her. Yeah. Um, Some people weren't in it. Peeves, the poltergeist was cast, but ultimately removed from the film before shooting. The film is also set in the present day, not 1991, like the book. So here's the thing. Originally Daniel Radcliffe's parents turned down the part because it would entail six films, all shot in Los Angeles. This is before UK decided to change their fucking laws to make sure they could make children work longer. To yeah. make the movie shot, when the filming was changed, to the UK Harry signed on for two films. So uh, I heard there was like a
1: serendipitous thing where like his parents said no, and uh-huh. they actually went to this like show, and in the theater they ran into like the director and producers and stuff like that. Oh shit! I, that's I did not read like that. Expensive. Yeah, because yeah, they, cool. they said no at first. And, uh, yeah, I think they were like looking for a while and they, they were just like set on Daniel Radcliffe like being the dude.
0: Yeah, J.K. Rowling and the director were both like he's the kid. Yeah. Like absolutely. He, he looks especially British. Yes. He's thin. He has glasses. He's got a fucking like weird hawk nose and no lips. Um, <laughs> so after Goblet of Fire, the fourth one, all three of the main cast hesitated to sign a continuance, which is like it's bonkers to think it is very possible that much like 007, like between 2 and 3, between 4 and 5, there's a new Harry, there's a new Hermione. Maybe M- Miley Cyrus gets in there and, you know, really really, Hannah Montana's it up. Uh, yeah, that would be insane. That, that's got to be so yeah. much pressure just riding on you. Especially you're like 14. Yeah. Although I think you've got to replace Rupert Grint with like any other ginger and nobody else would have noticed. Fair. It's well, like, they, they got by with the person inter- Dumbledore. That's true. uh, Introducing Bill Burr as Ron Weasley. (laughs) It's fucking magic in here. It's brutal. It's brutal. Yeah, they do. I have the note here. You know what? We can get right into the breakdown of uh, the film itself because I have here in the opening, the scene with Dumbledore flicking off the streetlights is way lamer than in the book. In the book, it makes it sound like they're fucking exploding, like they're popping off. Instead, it's, like, sucking them in magically. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yep. Yeah. I have, the actor playing Dumbledore seems to be doing everything to not act like Gandalf in Lord of the Rings, despite looking mm. exactly like him. Yes. And I appreciate that. They kind of they make him a little more goofy, not as, like, a wise wizard, I guess. That they made him more, like, decrepit.
1: Like, it, om- it did look like he was on his last leg.
0: Yes. He oh. looks... Yeah. <laughs> he's, he's older. He's not doing good. Uh, we, we, we later find out in retcon that JK Rowling says he is gay. So he's just had a long gay life up to this point. Yeah. He, he is tired mm-hmm. and full of magic. Um, so the Dursley house, here's a little, uh, I, I, I got the clip of this cause I, I, I dug it just a little thing. They added mm-hmm. For one thing. Unlike the book, the book, all the Dursleys are blonde and his mother is described as like very thin, like what you think of like a thin British, you know, come on down there Harry kind of shit. Yeah. But also I feel like the Brits in particular love like a big fat dude with a skinny blonde lady. Like they find that hilarious. But yeah, so we have him waking up under the cupboard and I love this little extra dickish move they have from Dursley, uh, Dudley. I'm going to edit these clips in later. Yeah, Dudley is literally on the steps above the cupboard. He's jumping up and down. Like, we leave you under the steps like a fucking goblin.
1: You know, I, I think they did a good job of making them so hateable.
0: It's impossible not to hate him.
1: Yeah. I, I think there's a few things societally. I feel like there's something about like a real
0: mean fat person that just, yes. <laughs> yes. That, that just gets you. I mean, I, I, I grew up with uh it's funny. I, I have the joke right now of uh I'm, I'm really upset because there's Nazis again. And even more than there's Nazis, they all kind of look like me and I'm not comfortable <laughs> with that. Yeah. And I, I made mean, like the, the worst thing I ever got before this called from my looks was either like Opie or like O'doyle rules. I got called O'doyle rules from Billy Madison a few times and uh yeah, just like if you're like a chubby dude with like reddish hair and freckles like you're getting called O'doyle rules at some point it's a, at least if you're getting bullied it's at least literally with a phrase like I had a a guy, I stole his girlfriend, and he kept saying like, "Oh, you look like O'Doyle rules." Like, yeah, O'Doyle does rule. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. It, like the comeback is built into the insult, right?
1: So. In, in this case, O'Doyle did rule.
0: Yes, yes, he did.
1: Um, but yeah, like I feel like even the, the people that say they're very like inclusive and like you know uh, body positive and mm-hmm. stuff like that, mm-hmm. if they feel like they get the green light to finally make fun of a fat person, it's like all the shit that they carried with them trying to hold it in comes out like with chris christie oh
0: yeah dude
1: no one had issue slinging the fat jokes at chris Christie. yeah
0: especially i just love how fucking left-wing people especially on like social media like, we need to don't body shame and we need positivity and like look at this fat fucking whale on the
1: beach yeah it's in everybody's fuck name, you. whether they like it
0: or not choke on a hand bone you fat fuck <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, that was uh, uh, you, you know what I, I'm gonna say this anyway because this happened at Raven Lounge. Um, I once saw a comedian go up at Raven Lounge, being the the longest running open mic in the city, as they're very glad to tell you. Um, I watched a guy go up. He was like it, he he wasn't great. He was like a Jersey guy, good guy though. And he had this bit. It didn't even make sense. Where he said in the bit that like if like you know how you cross your arms. He says that only works if you're like sitting down or standing. If you're actually like walking around, like you look gay. So, and not even like, you know, you look like a homosexual, like you look weird. I don't know. Hmm. But so he tells this joke that nobody understands, but it's whatever. But there's a gay comedian I know in the audience. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, just said his name. Uh, and I can see him steaming. He's not up for seven. He's like, this is ridiculous. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> he's he is not up for seven more comedians and when he gets up he throws his own set to yell at this guy that everybody forgot it already he's like oh yeah you're worried about crossing your arms looking gay you know what want to make you look gay How yeah, about if you suck my dick like dude you are so against sexual harassment and that flew out the fucking window in a second because you need to tell a young not that funny black comic to suck your dick because you were pissed off he made a lame joke like if you walk around with your arms crossed, you look gay. Like, Ooh. and I listened to them talking right. outside, and the guy was like, Are you really upset by that? Like, it really does hurt. Like, does it really? Did that hurt you deep inside? Did, did you flash back to every <laughs> when those kids pushed me into the lockers? They were so quick walking around with your arms crossed. You know, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, for, for me, I try to relate it to the Jew stuff. Like, but well, when I hear people making Jew jokes, uh huh for me it feels so vague mm-hmm. like it doesn't feel as personal granted i was more culturally does feel, jewish
0: does it feel oi vague yeah it sorry. was
1: oi vague
0: sorry
1: yeah and it didn't really get me schvitz in that much <laughs> but i i think just because it's so vague and there's so many jewish people mm. out there like it didn't really hurt me too much but if mm. someone said like rob like you're uh, greedy and stuff like that, that would hurt me more because it feels specific. Right. It's personal.
0: Right. Ooh, I shouldn't do this on the podcast. <laughs> I've been been—I've uh, in the Nazi joke. I have some one of the things I point out there is like, you know, my wife is Jewish and I, I try to uh, there's no way I can do it and make it worth it. I try to get an oven joke in there, which is just it's brutal. There's no way to make it funny. People die. It's horrible. People died and got shoved in ovens. But are like, yeah. you know, my, my, my wife's Jewish, all right? And the only, of, I'm trying to have Jewish babies with her. The only Jews and ovens I care about is putting a bun in her oven. And it just, it's not, yep. yeah, you see, it's too clunky. It doesn't work. It just.
1: But it's not like, they're, like they're, it, it doesn't like make me feel upset. Right. Hearing that.
0: Right. Um, it's just,
1: it's not. Also too, it could be the comic thing where I'm just like, I know what you're trying to do, you know? Right. Like I, I, like I get the intent.
0: Yeah, the, the reaction of the crowd has always just been like, we, we don't get it, and fuck you. Which, like, I deserve that. So that's why I don't do it. I shouldn't have even said it on here, but fuck it.
1: Well, also, too, with, like, a regular audience, they're so not in tune with what that is that it's kind of, like, jarring for them. I and mean, it's hard to, like, get them to understand where the intent lies. And, like, yeah. it's, like, being absurd, like, intentionally. Right. But... I mean, culturally, it seems like a time where people are just like, it could be the difference of the the audience being dark and not because if the audience is dark, they feel safer to laugh.
0: Oh, yeah. You're talking uh, for people listening. This is for literally like if the room is lit and the audience can see each other, they are less likely to laugh at body jokes because they know people will be able to see them reacting. Mm -hmm. It's it's crazy. I fucking crowd psychology really blows my mind with that.
1: It's bananas
0: yeah um all right keep going on this uh i will say the cupboard is bigger than i would have thought they make harry cook breakfast which is different that's a weird change like i said the dursleys are all brunettes uh they go to the zoo there's the whole snake thing in in the book uh dudley's friends come with them who i think we meet in like later movies right Mm -hmm. yeah like well actually i confused dudley's friends with uh malfoy's friends because they're all like husky kids with husky kid names like <laughs> grab and pork chop and shit like that oh is that um malfoy's friends the uh... yeah it's like crab and Do- there's a doyle i think <laughs> uh he rules crab and doyle i, th- yeah, I it? think it- yeah i think yeah um so we're nine minutes into the movie where the letters start arriving we're, we're a few chapters in by that in the book so yeah all the letters come in dursley loses his shit that his child slave may be taken away who will cook him his dozen egg omelets now uh flood letters continue enough that the dursleys go to a deserted island where harry that the everything i've read online have said this is the saddest scene in the movie that's not in the book when they're sitting there in that weird like island cabin and harry is like writing happy birthday to himself in the dust
1: yeah that are you you saying they cut that out
0: no no i'm saying that's not in the book oh oh i see see. yeah but that's like a very powerful scene people always point out yeah Um, that was super sad yeah did you have any but a really good choice i think can you think of any particularly sad birthdays you had as a kid as a kid yeah you can think about that for a second well i'll give two i had a sad birthday as an adult when I was like 24, we were out for my birthday, and my mom called me screaming, saying uh, her ex-husband, my stepdad, had broken into her house and beaten the shit out of her boyfriend. So I had to go I had to go back home on my birthday, like, well, I guess I got to beat the shit out of my stepdad. And, uh, and how old were you? I was like 24.
1: Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah.
0: He'd already been arrested by the time I got there. Um, another one, I always find this funny. I was like eight or nine, and some birthday... Uh, my birthday's in October. My cousin Frank's is a few months later. My cousin Frank did something at my birthday party to make me cry. And I was not only upset, but I was also indignant. Like, this is supposed... I was like, Bridezilla, this is supposed to be my day, Frank. How could you do this, <laughs> this to me? This supposed to be my day, Frank. <laughs> but enough so that four months later... It's his birthday, and I'm having fun at his party. And then I remember, oh, yeah, he made me cry at my birthday, that piece of shit. And I just fucking sucker punched him. Nice. Yeah, and my mom's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? It was like, dish best served cold, my mom. That's- yep. <laughs> oh,
1: nice, dude.
0: Oh, God. So, yeah. Kick- Frank's still kicking? Oh, yeah, yeah. Me, me and Frank are cool. He was on one of the first episodes of this podcast. Nice. I talked about how uh, his – His son, him and his son are both like big Star Wars fans. His son is like two. And uh, I get a random call from Frank the other day and I answer, he says, hello. He says, oh, hi, Han Solo. I was just telling my son, his name. I was just telling my son that uh, cool space rebels like you use the potty. Do you want to talk to him and tell him why using the potty is so cool? So on occasion, my cousin Frank will call me and I have to pretend to be Han Solo and Chewbacca and uh, sing the praises of using the potty on the millennium falcon nice yeah gotta shoot out a saber baby that's right (laughs) so yeah can you think of any particular bad sad birthdays you had
1: um not in my childhood too much for the most part they there was like ones that were just like "Eh." but like none of them were like bad per se Mm -hmm.
0: i think Oh, I left out also. My ex girlfriend died of a brain aneurysm on my 18th birthday. That was a bad one too. Oh, I always <laughs> that would have been horrible if it happened like right when you blow out the candle. <laughs> oh god, yo, I actually found that out. She she'd had a brain aneurysm a few days before, and uh, I was bummed out about it because it was clear she was going to die uh, the day of my birthday. I went out and I tried getting like sympathy pussy for, from a girl I was kind of talking to. Oh. Didn't re- she? She made out with me. She was a good sport, but uh. I came home and saw my little brother, Luke, who was eight. He's 10 years younger than me. And it's like seven o'clock at night. And he runs up. He says, I didn't see you all day. Happy birthday, Jesse. I think your friend died. And that's how I found that. Oh my God. Even then, I had a touch of the comedian because even though I was immediately like crushed, even in the moment, I was laughing because, like, that's the best fucking way to learn. Yeah. That's the best way I could have gotten that news was a uh, friend. Died. Yeah. Happy birthday! The the girl who gave you your first blowjob is dead now. I think it's your fault.
1: Damn. And her last. Your
0: first from first to last. I don't you think I. Heard that I don't think I was her last. I I, I hope not. Oh, okay. I hope not. She had a kind of boyfriend at oh, okay. the time, but uh, rest in peace wherever you are, Jess. I always worry <laughs> her fucking mom or somebody's gonna like listen to this. Which at a certain point though, you would imagine like it would be pretty weird to be like defending your daughter's virginity when she's been dead for 17 years like me, me and your daughter were for friends we hooked up we did what teenagers were supposed to do
1: yeah i don't think that's particularly bad yeah i don't think that
0: tarnishes a legacy <laughs> all right so i've given three bad birthdays now you still haven't <laughs> come up
1: with one there's nothing in particular that stands out
0: i'm gonna kick you in the shin on your next one just so just you have the it timing was never progress. on that day i've had weird days okay but maybe it's just early. when is your birthday may 30th may 30th That's a good birthday. You're always right around Memorial Day. Yes, but the the scheduling
1: can be weird because, like, a lot of people are like gone for Mm, your birthday. They're down the shore. That's
0: right. That's right. Interesting. Okay.
1: Um, Oh, you know what? I think, but it ended up okay. But that was like the only like kind of birthday where I was bummed. I think I was like sixth grade, and uh like all my friends, like my my like really close friends, were gone. Uh-huh. and that was like the only like bummer but then like some friends that i weren't as close with that were free came over we actually had a good time but at first so
0: i mean ultimately it wasn't even that bad of a birthday so you know what's funny just in a little bit of time i remembered another traumatic birthday 13 nobody showed up to my party none Dang. zero was it a themed party man yeah the theme was jesse's gonna be a cutter and listen to fucking <laughs> corn alive <laughs> <Nice>. um, <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get going before i remember any other terrible birthdays okay. um where was i all right so while he's doing uh, the one thing i will say in the movie that does not come in, in the book harry's very much like you know a plucky young kid you understand how he's going to become this great wizard the movie does a better job at underwriting like this kid is a sad fucking orphan in an abusive household like yeah he's sad and he should be um but just as he's sad as birthday, hagrid shows up with a happy 11th birthday cake Dursley sits there like the little bitch he is. Uh, Dudley just wants cake. And yeah, Hagrid is rightfully pissed that the Dursleys told Harry nothing about his parents or magic lineage. And we're going to go to another clip here. Uh, Yeah, so like I said, Dudley, Uh at first terrified, then wants to get in on the cake. (laughs) Yeah. So yeah, they're yelling at each other. Never insult Albus Dumbledore in front of me. That is great. And, like, his magic wand is a purple thing. So here's the thing. Gives Dudley a tail that rises directly out of his asshole. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That is so upsetting.
1: Like, I also agree watching it. I like the sound effect. It was like a pig squeal. And right it, like, went in him. Yes.
0: But, like, I wonder, like, uh, if it's, it's growing right out of his asshole, maybe something grew in. Like, that makes I would squeal. I would squeal, too. That is
1: upsetting. That's when he found out about the prostate.
0: That's right. And this is, only a, this is only a few days after Dudley's birthday, so I'm sure he considers this his birthday as well.
1: One thing that actually always bothered me is uh, I never knew how it got removed because they just walk out. He doesn't like
0: be like, oh, OK. Ooh, all right. So here is another difference between uh, the book. And the movie. So in the movie, Hagrid takes him to uh, get his cultural supplies, cultural school supplies, Harry discovers all these teachers know him already, including a man in a turban, Professor Quirrell, who will be big later. Um, Yeah, unlike in the book, um, what happens is they send him to uh, he goes with Hagrid. He gets all his stuff. He gets his robes. He gets his wand. And then he goes back and lives with the Dursleys for like another few months. Really? Yeah. And I think even in the movie, it says like the, he gets the letter in July and it says Hogwarts starts in September and they just steamroll over it, which I mean, you don't really need that. But in the book, uh, the, the Dursleys are rightfully afraid of Harry now. So they just kind of like leave him. be. They also put him up in a second bedroom, which has just been uh Dudley's toy room because he's a little fat greedy shit so he needs everything to himself right like in the beginning exactly. they're like, how many gifts are there we were 36 last year you piece of shit
1: <laughs> but that that does make sense because in the chamber of secrets the next one harry does have his own room
0: oh okay there you yeah. go so yeah in in the book what when they see that it's coming addressed to uh specifically to the cupboard under the stairs they're also like shit they know we're abusing him let's put him upstairs in case something happens right but uh in that time like he asks uh vernon uncle vernon for a ride to the train station and he's like yeah okay whatever just i i need to get back soon for deadly surgery like deadly surgery like yeah we can't send him to school with a pigtail coming out of his asshole like we need to take him in for that
1: dude you just answered something i've been wondering for so long (laughs) that's sick
0: if only you didn't hate the written word so much. You would have seen that on your own. Dude, you're, you're getting me excited. I think I'm going to do it. Nice. Yeah, it's, it's it's really a quick read. Yeah. So, especially if you already know the plot. Um, <clears throat> so, yeah, we meet the the troll bankers. And uh, what we were talking before about things being a little controversial. Like, you remember in Star Wars where they meet Watto and he's, like, very Israeli like, you know. That's one I haven't seen too much, Uh Star Wars. Yeah? Yeah, just, like, a little bit here and there. It's a... Di- here, you know what? Let me pull it up in the background. This is just, like, latter 20th, 21st, 20th century, early 21st century, where it's, like, guys, could you have not made the merchant fucking Jewish? Like, that's pretty... Oh, okay. That's pretty fucking easy, I would have thought by now. Yeah. But, uh... Here, let me see. Yeah, so again, this is a merchant they made in 2007. Whoa, he's got a big hook nose that's schnoz. Yeah, no, they won't. I only care about the money.
1: Very like old Jewish voice too. Yeah. So
0: they don't yeah, do they, they don't, don't do well. the voice in this, but they do have to like the the bankers are like big nosed little trolls, and it's it's a little weird. Like thank God they just have regular British accents. They were able to not like oh Mister Potter there. Like, yeah, yeah. But still, it's like could, could how do we? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I don't. I don't know how they keep making this mistake.
1: but It's probably just subconscious. Like well, when they're just writing, they are like, what is a merchant banker?
0: I mean, like? it, true. But I mean, it, you think these things through. Like, I, was, oh, I, yeah, yeah. I was watching a video of it last night. It was uh, one of the most racist things to like weirdly make it to mainstream television. Uh, WWE, in 2006, they had a tag team of two black guys and their entire gimmick was they stole shit and beat people up and they wore like their pants sagging and the tag team was called Crime Time. Jesus. What year was this? Like 2006, 2007 and they were one of the most popular acts in the company. Wow. Like the big argument with they're good guys. Like still how do you fucking like uh
1: now that would they would put the kibosh on that yeah. real fast.
0: Especially I feel like just most of my adult life like oh, this movie's about terrorism and the terrorists are Eastern European. You know, when we think of terrorists, we think of Ukrainians because we can't show the otherwise, which I, you know, I'm not complaining about that. It's just so weird that it's just like some aspects like, yeah, we're not fucking around with that. And the other one just like, yeah, make him a sleepy Mexican. Just Well, the
1: the things that, you know, become faux pas culturally... Mm -hmm. It's very specific and year by year, I feel like. Hmm.
0: Trying to think, like, what's, what's one of the last things you can really still show and be a little bit like, well, white people, obviously. That's, you know, the easiest, the fucking Chad, the frat boy. Mm-hmm. Like, they're always going to be monsters, but that's fine. We're, we're due for our turn in that hot seat. I think you can still do... Hmm.
1: Wow. Yeah, I'm trying to think. Yeah, or like everything that's white is pretty much fair game. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen too much
0: like Jew jokes recently. No. the The Indians are finally speaking up. Where they got rid of Apu, or I think they uh, recast yeah. them. The, the Simpsons. Maybe Native Americans. To but think. then there
1: was the whole Redskins debacle. So yeah, probably, they, they
0: they just changed that. Yeah. So. But know. they're still the Chiefs. I, still- I wonder if they're going to wait a sec. Oh, wait. Yes. No, They're still the chiefs, but you know, uh, the, the Cleveland Indians baseball team that they, they just changed through. They're the guardians now. Really? Yes. Wow. Unlike Washington, which the not- the <laughs> I, I, I do not understand how Washington ever, like, we're going to get rid of the name, the Redskins. Like, Oh, what are you going to change the name to? Fuck. We didn't think this far through. Uh, cause right now they're literally just called Washington football team. Yeah. Do they have a, any plans on changing that? or they- I'm sure they'll get around to it when they can probably, you know, it's what, they probably had something just as horribly racist behind it. And like the day before they announced it, like, guys, what the fuck? Like, you can't, <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I can't even, you, you can't have the wife beating Italians. Come on. <laughs> right, right. Italians are still good to make fun of, at least in my book. I will never stop making fun of Italians. Yeah. You could, yeah, they're, they're fair game. Anything that's white for the most part. yeah, I think it's fair game. Even though we all agree Italians aren't white. Continuing. Your take Italians
1: are the Taliban of
0: Europe. I believe that. I could see that. I could see that. All right. Uh, so the magic, yeah, we meet the troll bank bankers. Um, ooh, the wand scene is just as good where he's trying a few different wands and he gets one that has like a similar component to. Uh, There's a phoenix tail in it that only one other feather was ever taken, and it was Voldemort's. Yes. And so already a cool scene in the book, but the actor is uh, William Hurt, who was in like Alien and fucking uh, Snowpiercer. He's been in a million movies. He's great in everything. So he really elevates that movie, if you ask me. That scene's so good that I
1: got bummed out when I went to Harry Potter World because they have the wand store, And you can go in and buy wands. Uh And they are like, I was like, so the wand chooses me, right? They're like, they're like, it does. I'm like, awesome. Let's get into it. And they're like, what is your birthday? And I was like, this stinks. (laughs) And I just got fucking the elder wand, which is Dumbledore's wand, and Voldemort's wand. And that
0: was it. Okay. Well, listen, I am not a theme park guy. So I think we need to take a brief respite for you to tell me all about Harry Potter World. Because I know, (laughs) I don't know anything about it. It's actually pretty cool
1: yeah um how old were you when you went uh when i first went i was a senior in high school for senior trip and all my friends ditched me because they they don't fuck with harry potter so i just went by myself and when they came back dude apparently i didn't even see them but i was just like smiling ear to ear alone <laughs> just like <laughs> looking around and everything i had like a butterbeer in one hand and then my two wands in the other and i'm just like oh, looking wow. at everything <laughs> yeah
0: dude I was so like, funny come on, man, we're going to go in the Tower of Terror. Like, no, I'll meet you guys later. And you meet up later and you have, like, a fucking hat with stars on it and fuck <laughs> yeah, the yeah. whole thing. <laughs> like, I'll meet you at on Alley, dude. Nice. Yeah. Uh, we get to see a flashback of Lily trying to protect Harry. That's not in the book. Um, she looks a bit like Pam from The Office. office. <laughs> they skip Hagrid's best line in the book where Harry asks, like, is he dead? And in the book, Harry, uh, Hagrid has the line of, like, uh, I don't think so. I don't think he had enough man left in him to die like one. That's a good line. line. Uh, Platform nine and three quarters. Uh, We meet the Weasleys. They're a bunch of dirty Irish Catholics with a ton of kids. Mr. Weasley doesn't believe in putting protection on his wand, so he just shoots his magic right up Mrs. Weasley. Um, What? This is is, just me. Not...
1: I, uh, I'm, I'm
0: taking every thoughter way sorry. too seriously, dude. I'm like, wait, are you serious, dude? Uh, I I thought this reading the book where it seems like okay, well, they're red haired. There's tons of them. You would think like, oh, well, that's like Irish Catholics, particularly over there. But the reason Irish Catholics have a bunch of kids is because the religion says sex is bad and don't use condoms. But in Wizard World, like, what is what would be the reasoning for that? Other than just the the Weasleys like the fuck.
1: True. I think that's
0: it. That's why I said
1: I, he, do, he doesn't wear protection on his wand. I wonder if there's an abortion spell. There has to be. There has to be one, dude, but it's dark magic.
0: Yeah. So, promnitus. <laughs> uh, <laughs> okay. So, yeah, we meet Hermione and Ron. Hermione's stuck up. Ron is a shy dork from a magic family. Uh, we get to the house sor- sorting. Ron, Hermione, and Harry are all worried, but they all end up in Gryffindor, where all the cool, brave ones go. We meet Drow- Draco, who's immediately a dick to Harry, without about knowing the right people. Uh, I like in the movie the Sorting Hat barely touches Malfoy; he's just like Slytherin. Get me the fuck away from him. <laughs> uh, there is a fun shot here that plays off later. We see Harry is looking at Snape. Snape is talking to Quirrell. Quirrell's actually facing away from him. And Harry gets his first, like, ooh, my scar hurts. And we think it's from Snape, but we obviously know Voldemort is right there behind that culturally appropriated mm-hmm. turban. Yes. The Quirrell is wearing. Um, nearly Headless Nick. Again, I love it. John Cleese from Monty Python. Almost had more of them. Um, yeah, it, was, it would have been better if Gilliam had directed. He would have stuck one of the other Pythons in a dress to play Hermione for a bit. Let me ask for the age. Uh, did you have a crush on Hermione? Yeah. Emma Watson? Yeah. Yeah, because she's... I only started watching movies, and I saw a few of them, when she was, like, teenager, and I was not much older than a teenager. Like, well, she's pretty... You, you have to wonder when they're when they're hiring these child stars if they know it's going to be a long-term thing. It's like, we also need pictures of your mother and father. We want to make sure you're not, like, an uggo by movie four. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so, see how puberty's going to hit them? That's right. Yeah, you got to, yeah. like... You see some fucking cute little kids in like pictures and then like puberty hits them and like their fucking nose shifts two inches to the right and like the eyebrows take over half the forehead. I think it hit Harry the worst. Really? I think so. Yeah, you know what? He looked like a guy. He had like an awkward teen year and event, teen years and he'd eventually grow into like a half decent 20 something.
1: Yeah, he didn't like look which actually could be cool, but like he didn't look like a hero. like he was just like a little dude,
0: right? Yeah, he's a little. That's that's what you deal with being a skinny guy, you know. You yeah. just you never know how going to I know there was a meme that showed uh, the actors for Harry and Ron and Draco and Neville, and the thing it, it, it's them in their mid twenties, and somebody wrote like the ultimate Harry Potter twist: Neville's the hot one,
1: right? And that there's also a twist
0: where. Like in the prophecy, Neville was super close to being Harry. I've heard about that. I've heard that that's like a conspiracy theory that he's the actual chosen one this whole time. Yeah. Could you enlighten me on that, how that goes? So I don't know like a crazy
1: amount about it. But there was something within like this prophecy that kind of said that someone like Harry was going to be the one to kill Uh Voldemort. And apparently a lot of it lined up with Neville, but it just didn't happen that way.
0: Mm. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, they're shown to their quarters. There are five boys to a room. I wrote the note, like, there would have been so much jerking off happening in those rooms. Maybe not this, this particular book, but, like, you know, British boys' schools are notoriously well-known for, like, a lot of, like, dick sucking and buggery going on. There was for sure buggery. Yeah, on. I, and I, I have a note here. Can you masturbate with magic? Like it must be something. Give you a little oomph. shoot us. <laughs> <laughs> give, 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 give it handus freius. <laughs> <laughs> um, we get the same thing with the broom lessons. Malfoy is a dick. Neville breaks his arm. McGonagall is impressed and takes Harry to Oliver Wood to be the new seeker. The kids go wandering, find the three-headed dog Fluffy guarding something. Ron and Hermione hate each other. I- every few sentences that's like their only yeah the kids are not great actors at this point i'll give them that it feels like it but it's a kid's movie we'll give this shit yeah i know what you mean now. um ron is a dick to hermione so she runs off and cries to the little girl's room they announce that a troll has breached walls and all the kids are sent away uh the boys realize hermione is unaware of the troll
1: there's so... milo yiannopoulos actually the
0: biggest troll there is dude. that's right <laughs> <laughs> Ramina, you stupid bitch! <laughs> vote vote uh, Tory or whatever the UK version. Wants
1: don't care about your
0: feelings, Ramina. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! Didn't he say he went to gay conversion therapy or something lately? Uh, yeah, I-, I can't tell if that's a troll with him. I can never tell. A- everything was a troll with him. If yeah. it came out he was never gay in the first place, <laughs> I don't know. I-, I know he also thought it was like, well, I have a black husband, and then like. You know, I keep him hidden from the public. Like I can see that all made up. Yeah. Yeah. My black husband. Yeah. Okay. That's uh oh the, the troll. I will say this. We can show this little clip real quick here. Uh I must admit that the troll looks. I'm not going to use the R word. He looks kind of derpy. Okay. Yeah, there's there's something not tunched. right. This this troll has is either too many or too little chromosomes.
1: There's got to be loads. Yeah, yeah. There, there's got to be loads of inbreeding in the troll community.
0: Yeah, he, he gets the wand up the nose. He just kind of like the ears are really big. They really lucked out with the CGI on the first one where it's like the most kitty and shitty looking. Yes. So it's kind of okay, but like that that CGI would not fly leading into the next one. No. no. Um. Okay, where the fuck am I? Okay, so yeah, the the kids fight him off. McGonagall's ready to punish them all, but Hermione says they were just coming to rescue her and save the day. McGonagall deducts five Gryffindor points from Hermione, then rewards five each to Harry and Ron for bravery. I think these points are a fucking racket.
1: Yeah. It's like, whose line is it anyway points?
0: Yeah, it's like, I give you 30,000 points, and now, yeah. You think it seems like the alumni are way in on this. You would think they, even the ghosts, have a vested interest in their house winning the house cup. Like, and yet these teachers are the ones that can give and take points at will. Like, you tell me they wouldn't fuck around. You tell me McGonagall doesn't have money riding on fucking what the overall score is going to be. It's rigged. Yeah, it's rigged, especially at the end. We'll get to it, but like, yeah, the ending's kind of bullshit. Yeah, no, he fucking Dumbledore would have ended up on like. He would have been there would have been internal investigation to make sure he wasn't being too corrupt with that shit. Uh Quidditch match. The in the book we actually see two Quidditch matches. One that uh one that is very much the Snape is fucking with the broom, and then the other one where he catches the snitch almost right away. Um yeah, the one book having the quick snitch case catch. Uh, the one thing that I didn't like about this scene, you know, I guess she's helping, but like Goody Tutors Hermione. Set Snape on fucking fire. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you in a little bit she'd be like, we can't be out of our rooms at night. And then she's like columbining the fucking <laughs> potions guy. Yeah. Snape, do you believe in god? It's... Sorry, that's upsetting.
1: No, that that's a good point. I'm like trying to like digest that. I'm trying, well, I guess. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Maybe she just breaks the rules when. The, right. the same way, like, you know, like woke people will call Chris Christie fat. you know, when they get the green light. That's
0: right. It's, it's game yeah. over. Uh, Christmas. Again, why would wizards celebrate the birth of Christ unless he was a powerful wizard? I want that entire retcon. Uh, we get the invisibility cloak. It looks really cool on film. The mirror of Essared scene. So, yeah, I mentioned before how the book leaves out a lot of the Harry is a sad orphan parts of it. But uh, this scene right here in particular, I feel the movie pulls off better than the book ever could. He, yeah, so Harry pulls oh. off the cover of the Mirror of Ezra, which we find out you see your greatest desires in, and he sees his parents behind him looking proud of him, hand on the shoulder. Um, I will say better than the book. The book just says like there they are and they're smiling. I feel like in this they put, like something looks off about them, yeah. which I think is the benefit of showing that's like look, it's all you ever desired, but it's also this isn't really them. You can never really get this. It's
1: almost like uh, like uncanny uh, uncanny valley uncanny yes. valley yes.
0: And just, yeah, again, uh, unlike the book, which, you know, he's just so plucky. But here he's like, you know, wow, I wish I just had parents and not, you know, these evil, fat, dursley fucks.
1: They they did a great job with the color grading, too, like making it all blue.
0: Yes, yes, they did. Yeah, the the movie's well done. Like the guy, the the director, his biggest criticism is he tends to go like too sentimental, too hokey. But uh, it works in certain things. It doesn't work as well in Rent, where like everybody has AIDS and like is butt fucking, and he's using the same blue colors. Yeah. Um, Hagrid's dragon. Hagrid won a dragon in a bar bet because he's Scottish and they're drunks. Yep. It's forbidden to own dragons anymore. Malfoy catches them through the window and snitches. They're all punished for detention for wandering out, including Malfoy. Fifty points each are taken from Ron, Harry, and Hermione because it's a fucking racket um in the woods there's a dead unicorn that somebody is drinking the blood of which is
1: yes which is the uh which is a uh, professor quirl
0: yes well voldemort through professor quirl yes but here's the only thing is that they don't mention it in the movie but in the book they do mention vampires so like literally every fictional thing kind of that's why I blew my mind like there's these unicorns too yeah,
1: and it seems like everything that got left over from every mythical thing just got thrown in the forest.
0: Yes, They're like, exactly. we, we can't
1: have it in there yet, let's just throw it in the
0: forest. Yeah, centaurs! They show up like, where's the fucking minotaur when you need one? Yep. Um, so yeah, the, the creature drinking blood of Voldemort slash Quirrell starts approaching Harry, but he is chased off by a centaur. And the only reason I bring that up that baffles me <laughs> is... This centaur, I think his name is like Frizell or some shit. His boys? No, no, no. His like <laughs> actual uh, character name I think is something <laughs> weird. But the thing that blows my mind is this centaur has like sick six-pack abs. It's sexy. Yeah, which makes me wonder, like, how would a centaur even get abs? Like, they can't do sit-ups. Alright, there's no... kind
1: of, Probably like... Um... Have you ever seen like, um, what is it? Like an ape completely shaved?
0: Shaved and they're like jacked? Yeah.
1: Yeah, I've seen that.
0: It's crazy. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to cue up the next clip. Okay. Uh, So the kids decide to steal the Sorcerer's Stone, which they don't even really get into it much, but the Sorcerer's Stone is uh, something made by a friend of Dumbledore's. It basically, it, it creates a liquid that makes you like eternal or whatever. Yeah, Voldemort's trying to get that so he can get a body back. Instead of, uh, we're going to find out he's living on the back of Quirrell's head. The kids sneak in past Fluffy, who's been lulled to sleep by a harp. Someone is already ahead of them. Um, they, they skip a test. There's a test in the book. You know how in the movie, Ron has like the chessboard thing. Yes. Well, first off, in the book, like Ron makes the thing like I need to sacrifice my piece, and in the movie, like his piece explodes and he like falls and he passes out. In the book, like the knight beats the shit out of him, like like alleyway, like kicking in the ribs kind of shit. I, <laughs> I'm like... bummed out they didn't go that direction.
1: A uh, quick little fun thing: I went to a theater camp mm-hmm. when I was like around that age. Uh-huh. Loved it, and I had the audition for the play. I did that chess scene. Yeah. All three parts just me, <laughs> And I looked like an insane kid. And wow. I, I remember just like the people I was auditioning for trying not to fucking lose it. Dude.
0: <laughs> the Rob Cruz, one man, Harry Potter. Show. Yeah. I
1: think I really just did like,
0: like Ron, you can't. I have to. <laughs> like that kind of I love you, Ron. I know. <laughs> so. All right. There's also, there was a, a scene in the book where uh, just before this, there's like another puzzle involving these are, like Resident Evil puzzles to get through uh, where Hermione has to like drink certain potions in order to unlock a door that gets cut out. So Hermione's basically like just dead weight here. So we he sees Quirrell by the mirror of Ezra and he removes the turban to reveal the face of Voldemort on the back of his head. Voldemort promises to reunite Harry with his parents if he gives the sorcerer a stone. The mirror then magically transports the stone to Harry's pocket. Great line that I'm not sure is in the book. There is no good and evil. There is only power and those too weak to seek it. Oh. That's gangster. It was, that sounds familiar. I forget it was. But yeah, that's a great line. Yeah. Uh, again, though, why, why not trust the man who murdered your family and tried to kill you? Uh, Quirrell attacks, but he's burned by Harry's touch because that's love. <laughs> your mother loved you like uh, that one's kind of stupid they could have set that up a little that was kind better.
1: of like a similar way that it felt about uh, interstellar i don't know if you saw that movie i did
0: but i don't recall what you're talking about
1: that they were saying like the one thing that like
0: transcends like time and space oh, and everything is love, love. yeah Ugh, the mathematical equation of love if only einstein had looked a little harder um <laughs> so yeah quarrel attacks but he's burned um Oh, yeah. Unlike the book, in the book, Quirrell just gets burned. In this one, he touches him, like his hand turns to stone and then falls apart. It's actually pretty fucking creepy for a kid's movie because he grabs him by mm-hmm. like the face and he just kind of mummifies and like chips off.
1: Yeah. It's very upsetting. And also, the like Voldemort uh, on his head. Uh huh. Like that was kind of creepy back then.
0: Yeah. I well, what was your reaction? For some reason, like when when, how, the... well, when you were a little kid, how did you react to like the scarier elements of it?
1: I was spooked, but not like extremely like i was just i, I just remember like kind of like a visceral reaction first. So I was like Ugh. Mm. and i think there's something too when the, the the cgi is a little worse it's creepier
0: yes yes i will yeah. give you that it's a little uh, uncanny valley you pretty much just said it yeah um i forgot what i was gonna say couldn't couldn't have been important <laughs> um so yeah harry wakes up to dumbledore in his hospital room and uh, he Dumbledore's the place up again, trying not to be Gandalf at the final ceremony of the year. Slytherin has won the cup. It is in their hand. And Dumbledore gives last minute points back to Harry and Ron and Hermione, giving them 50 points back each and then gives 10 back to Neville for no reason, just for uh, he helped out with something.
1: Thus- they said, uh, like takes like bravery to stand up to like your enemy, but even more bravery to stand up to your friends
0: or something like that. Right. Yes. Because I think he tries to stop Harry and Ron from uh, going in and seeking the stone Mm -hmm. and they just put like a spell on him. Like, you know, fuck you, dude. And Dumbledore, you know, he, uh, he, he clearly encourages and rewards that behavior by giving them the cup, like literally in their hands, the banners are hung. Like, yeah, magic Gryffindor. Yep. No wonder Slytherins are fucking mean.
1: Yeah, they, they were pissed, and you know what? I would be too. Because he, Dumbledore is promoting vigilante justice. Yes. And like these kids, like they're for sure gonna keep doing that shit.
0: Yeah, but what? Th- there's nothing to discourage them from doing that in the future. So just yeah. Break all the rules. Draco Malfoy was framed. That's what I'm here to say. Hashtag justice for Slytherin.
1: Also, what what house do you think it would be? I think you would be a Ravenclaw.
0: Okay. I still do not know enough about Ravenclaws and Hufflepuffs to know this. So why would I be a Ravenclaw? Because from my understanding of
1: it, maybe Google it. But I I think they're more like, um, like the intellectual types. Yeah. Yes. Okay.
0: Characteristics of Hogwarts houses. Let's go into this. Fuck! Google is sometimes cool with just like these are the four, and then other times they're you know. Gotta go look. Okay, Gryffindor values courage, bravery, nerve, and chivalry. Hufflepuff values hard work, patience, justice, and loyalty. Ravenclaw values intelligence. Learning, wisdom, and wit. Yeah, that's me. Like I don't even want to be one of the cool ones anyway. <laughs> Slytherin values ambition, cunning, leadership, and resourcefulness. Hmm. I think I'm a Hufflepuff. Uh, yeah, I I I, I can see you as a Hufflepuff. You're you, you kind of look like a badger as is. <laughs> You're literally wearing yellow and black right now, which yeah. is the colors. And I, I think they're uh, more chill. They're like more that. chill
1: they don't want to get involved in all the malarkey it seems that's right they, they want to be
0: above above that garbage yes huh interesting okay well that's good to know yeah i'll, I'll be i'll be a ravenclaw ravenclaws yeah. are cool but just before we came up here we were discussing uh people choosing their sports teams by colors yeah which is a thing that happens and my wife was like i like purple we live close to baltimore i love ravens why don't we ravens fans so who knows we we might change to be ravens you should We'll find out couldn't hurt couldn't hurt uh does your wife talk to the Harry potter uh i I think she read some of them but she's not like a super fan gotcha she's an intellectual like me, so Ooh. she was she was reading other one <laughs> when my mom ran into one of my uh family members on my dad's side that I don't see often she actually said like oh Jesse's getting married she's an intellectual just like Jesse <laughs> nice like yes the intellectual who dropped out of college almost failed out. I almost failed out last year of high school just because man senioritis is a real thing but particularly me I was just such a fat kid through all high school and then I lost weight senior year it's just like Jesse why aren't you doing your homework? pussy pussy is the answer pussy, mom. pussy. Yeah. If you would stop giving me, you know, second helpings when I was a little boy, maybe I would have gotten enough pussy to last me all right. As of right now, I, I got to run roughshod through this. <laughs> um, oh, Hagrid gives Harry a sweet photo of his parents and himself as a baby, which I also think is particularly sweet because uh, in juxtaposition to the slightly creepy mirror of S-Red thing, it, it looks more like a photograph of like, you know, here's us happy with our kid.
1: Yeah, and also sending them home like a, like an affirmation of identity.
0: Yes, exactly. Like this is who you are. Yeah. Because you have to imagine. I mean, well, for one thing, it's a magic photo, so the Dursleys definitely don't have any of those laying around. Yeah, Petunia is like ver- her whole thing. The reason they held him back and didn't tell him about the well, obviously they hate him, but also like my family was so excited to have a witch in the family, and I'm the only one who saw Lily for what she was. I freak yes. Yeah, and then she grapes. married your dad and he was a freak too and we weren't going to let you become a freak and how did we do that we kept you under the steps <laughs> it, yeah yeah definitely a personal vendetta sour
1: grapes yep snoozy lose <laughs> and uh it's interesting because they, they do like a flashback and um i think it was the last one where uh, her and Snape were actually friends when they were kids, and
0: like you can uh-huh. hear Petunia being like,
1: "You're a freak, Lily." Like when they're kids.
0: God, yeah, I want to say it, it's weird with Harry Potter, just because it was so in the zeitgeist. Despite never seeing the movies or uh, reading the books, there's some things I just know. I know Snape was in love with Lily, and James was kind of a dick to him. And yeah, yeah. Snape Snape reminds me of like Trent Reznor if he never got in shape. Trent Reznor Nine Inch Nails uh, the the singer? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just like he eventually like I'm done being mopey, I'm off drugs, I'm I'm jacked now and I have a hot Asian wife. <laughs> Where sick. Snape is just like, I, I, I have this shitty job teaching potions. Nobody even cares about potions. <laughs> potions. Potions. All right. Well, I think that's it. I think this wraps up Harry Potter and the sorcerer slash philosopher slash ventriloquist stone. Robo, This is a treat. Hell yeah. Tell us again where we can find you. Uh, follow me
1: on Rob Cruz Comedy on Instagram.
0: And if you're hiring in marketing fields, hit me up. <laughs> Also me, maybe. I might be fired Wednesday. We'll find out. Hell yeah. All right. Check it out. All right, guys. That's been uh, Harry Potter. Tune in next week for the beginning of Dune. Yeah. We're done with Magic Jesus. Now we're in Space Desert Jesus. Gonna be fun. All right.